Inside all things Valor Fights. And a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another socially distanced version of the Valor Hour. Folks, I'm your host, Tim Loy, joined by my co-host, as always, Justin Watson. We are going to get a little different here. We're, we're in the middle of our coronavirus lockdown here. It is an absence of MMA, which makes it a little difficult for us to uh, to operate here in, in podcast land. So we're going to we're going to get get into the Wayback Machine and do a quarantine time machine uh, deep dive. And we may start doing that here uh, for the next several weeks or until things start to level out out there. We can talk about MMA uh, currently. But, you know, this is uh, going to be where we're going to we're going to pick an event. And we're going to uh, we're going to rewatch it essentially, and I and I've got a link for you guys uh, in the uh, in the thread where you can uh, follow along with us. If you uh, also want to just go to the Valor YouTube page, there is a playlist created, and tonight we're going to go back and we are going to rewatch three FC seventeen. Of course, three FC the precursor to Valor. Uh, it was uh, in its in its formative days, it was known as 3FC. Uh, and at that time, uh, things were co-promoted by uh, by Gene Click and myself. And so this was the only, let's see, we ended up going to 3FC 21. So there were only four more uh, 3FC shows after this before it changed over to Valor and I took over things on my own. So uh, just a little, little backstory there. But what's what's fun about this is we're going to talk about this event. If you, uh, like I said, go go find it on YouTube. It's 3FC 17. There's a playlist. I've got it ordered in the, uh, the bout order for that evening and the order that we're going to watch it here tonight. But uh, there's a lot of really good names on this card, and we've got two of them joining us tonight to uh, to do this thing with us. We've got both Justin Fisher and Slick Nick Gertz. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing good, man. How are you all? We are good, man. We're good. It's, uh, hopefully you guys are hanging in there uh, with this whole quarantine and lockdown. Is it driving you crazy yet, or are you enjoying it? Uh, a little bit of both. A little bit of both, for sure. For sure, a little bit of both. <laughs> now, of course, Justin, you can hear uh, on the play by play. He does color commentary along with Vince Ferrar and Greg Hopkins on all of the Valor events. And of course, uh, Slick Nick Gertz is also uh, an active fighter, just uh, coming back from uh, a knee injury. And uh, looking forward to seeing him back in the cage very soon as he's uh, knocking on the door of the big show with, uh, with uh, you know, one of the best prospects in the nation. So I'm excited to have you guys here. And, uh, you know, looking at this card, guys, there's going to be some names on here that are still relevant right now. We're going to we're going to have some names of guys that have stopped fighting now and got names of guys that are still fighting now. Uh, tonight, we're, we're going to break this into two parts. And in the uh, first part, we're going to watch uh, the first nine bouts, including uh, bouts from Slick Nick and my co-host, Justin Watson. And then uh, next week, we're going to get into the. Uh, second half of the card that was uh, the, more of the professional fights and your amateur title fights. And then we're going to see a fight uh, from a uh, then uh, young starry eyed Justin Fisher himself. So I'm excited to have both of you guys with me to kind of relive some of this stuff because, you know, you guys have been on the scene for 
for years here. You know, we're looking at a card that was in 2013. This is, uh, you know, seven years ago. And so, uh, you know, some guys were towards the end of their career at this time. Some guys were just getting started. And, uh, and a lot of guys just kind of fell along the wayside as, as we went. But <clears throat> this will be a fun one. Uh, so if you've got your, uh, we're going to give you a second, uh, get, get your, uh, your laptop or your fire stick queued up, uh, mute the audio because we're going to be giving you the audio tonight. And that way we're not just, uh, all over the place as far as that goes, but we're going to give you the audio, mute the audio and, uh, and let's enjoy some three FC 17. I'm going to kind of let everybody sync up here. If you pulled up the playlist on YouTube, the first fight is Scott Beck versus Alan Stewart. I've got it paused right now and we'll give a little countdown and we'll all hit play. And periodically I'll, I'll kind of sync us back up and let us let you guys know like exactly where we're at um, on my counter, just in case you run upon uh, commercials and, the, and those type things. So uh, without further ado, let's get this thing uh, queued up and rolling three of C 17. Um, I'll set this, I'll set the stage a little bit. It was June the 1st. We were in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee at the the Smoky Mountain Convention Center. And man, at the time, that was like the hot spot, guys. That was where lots of shows went down at the Smoky Mountain Convention Center behind the KFC and the Krispy Kreme on the Parkway. Justin Watson, you fought more than once at the uh, convention center up there. A lot of good times. Yeah, man. We, that's, that was basically home for us for a while, I think. Um, uh, you know, I, that was a fun venue. And we saw we saw some really good fights at that place. A lot of top fighters coming up through there, including our, our other two co-hosts tonight, Justin Fisher and Nick Gertz. And we're going to count it down and hit play in three, two, one, play. And here we are with the first bout of the evening. It is Alan Stewart <clears throat> making his debut at a KMAA teammate of both of our guests tonight. Yeah, that was uh, uh, his amateur debut we're seeing here against the baby joker, Scott Beck. Now, Alan Stewart giving some size up here to the baby joker, uh, who is uh, the head guy at Team Katona there in Pigeon Forge. Justin, you, uh, Justin Watson, you were fighting underneath um, uh, Mr. Scott Beck at this time. So you were obviously well acquainted with him. I see you in the corner over there, actually. And then uh, Justin and Nick, you guys were training with the young Alan Stewart at the time. Justin, this this is probably a guy that's helping you get ready for this fight. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah, buddy. He's definitely one of the guys in my weight class been pushing around and stuff. Although, Tim, I am going to tell you this. You're going to have to throw out a last name for us because this two Justin thing is going to run us all over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just refer to uh, Fisher from here on out. I do. There that we go. That will be a little easier for us. Now, uh, a little size gap here. Uh, Alan Stewart ended up getting all the way down to – Oh shit! Maybe one seventy at one point, slick. Yeah, man. He used to be uh like th he started training with us. He was like three hundred and ten pounds or something like that. Oh, big takedown though, and uh, Scott uh, Beck on his back now and in a bad way with Alan Stewart. Uh, you know, Alan Stewart's a guy that's gone on to uh, a professional career. I believe he ran off to four and zero. Right out of right out of the gates, and now he he has moved. Uh, I want to say to Alabama. You guys know the whereabouts of Alan Stewart nowadays? Uh, somewhere in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. Now he's landed on Scott Beck here, and Scott Beck is uh, you know trying to fight his way up, trying to you know he was a game guy, but ooh gosh, that that one landed and uh, kind of put the hurt on him. And I think we are getting close uh, to the inevitable end here as Alan Stewart goes 
around to take the back of Scott Beck. Now, Scott Beck was one and two coming into this one, so he's got an experience and a size advantage uh, over him, uh, Justin. Yeah, man, uh, you know, Scott's only hope was really to keep it standing up. He didn't have anything for him on the ground. Um, Scott kind of grew up, you know, in karate and um, just over the years, he's kind of let himself go. You know, he wasn't working hard enough uh, to be to be in there fighting guys like this. But um, he was always, you know, he just loved doing it. And um, he was always, you know, he always told him to show up. So it was a uh, TKO finish there for Alan Stewart getting the win in his amateur debut. So, you know, seven years ago, uh, Alan Stewart uh, gets the win. Uh, Scott Beck uh, drops that one. We saw a uh, seven years younger Eric Turner enter the cage there briefly to congratulate his fighter. And uh, we also see a, a, a young Jimmy Neely in there, guys. Jimmy Neely's still on the scene refereeing fights, uh, you know, to this day. And, uh, you know, another familiar face there. And uh, this was back when old Cody Glenn, it looks like, was uh, was uh, was was calling him out there. So a lot, a lot of things have changed. <laughs> yeah, I found Cody in that one, man. That cracked me up because it's been a minute since I've seen him around the scene. Yeah, man, it's it's been a, it's been years since Cody's even been around. Uh, that brings us to our next bout here. And it looks like this one is uh, Reed Tate and Daryl Lee. Um, Daryl Lee, I remember, uh, came from Joey Brazel's team out in uh, Spring Springfield, Tennessee, near Nashville. He came in, I think, at one and two here, kind of a roughneck brawler. And uh, and Reed Tate was making his debut, I believe. Now, uh, Nick, you know Reed; he was a pretty pretty solid grappling prospect at this time. Yeah, yeah, he was, uh, he was pretty good in jujitsu. I think he was probably uh, blue belt in at this point. Uh, maybe just a high level white belt, but he, he was just definitely focused on the jujitsu aspect. So this is definitely a new world for him going in. Uh, I've actually talked to, he's talked to me about this fight and he was telling me, keep your hands up, keep your hands up, keep your hands up, which is exactly what he's talking to right now. <laughs> now he was trained by Brandon Bledsoe. I believe. Yes. Yeah. He got caught right here. I remember this fight actually, but. Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's he's a little stiff on the feet. It looks like here. He definitely wants to get it to the ground. I think Daryl Lee um, with a big right hand. Oh, and that one knocked him down. And we'll see. Uh, you know, it looks like Reed wasn't able to recover before Josh Ward stepped in there and uh, called a halt to it. Maybe it was that a little quick. Maybe in hindsight. I don't think so. For I don't think so. What do you think so? I don't think so. I think he got he got rocked pretty good. No, yeah, yeah, I would agree. It also is a, you know, it's an amateur debut here. Now, here is the precursor to Mark Laws, guys. Remember this guy, Todd Spence. Oh yeah, <laughs> talking around the red squad, had his bag of tricks and everything. Yeah, yeah buddy. Yeah. That was uh, this was just probably about a year before Mark Laws came on the scene, and uh, so Todd Spence, he was no nonsense, old Todd Spence. He was he's a serious yeah. dude. Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> Tactical medically. Tactical medically. That's right. Tactical medically. Here's the shout out. Uh, okay. Now this one, look at this. Look what we have here, gentlemen. We have Justin Watson, my co-host, current judge on the scene. Uh, a young, uh, with his hair wasn't looking nearly as suave as it looks now. And he is coming into this thing at 0-1, looking for that first win against current referee chris bond this is two this is the the officials going to war look at this shit this is insane look how young chris bond looks 
honestly, I didn't reckon, recognize either one of them. <laughs> like, yeah, now, neither one of them look any. Now they're both a lot hairier. Yeah, true that. Yeah, they both got big old beards. And uh, so uh, this is Chris Bond's debut, I believe. This is his first fight ever. And Chris still fights. That's what's crazy. Chris will still get out there and, and kickbox around a little bit. He's a, one of our regular officials uh, as a referee. Justin, of course, my co-host, is a regular judge. So this one is uh, one of those where, like, I forgot this happened. But it's pretty badass that it did. So. <laughs> it's like one of your book photos could fight, too, because, like, you see him now and then looking back then, too. It's crazy. Yeah. There these things. Justin, he, he was going for that takedown, but you sinked in this guillotine here. Did it, did you know you had it? Yeah, I mean, uh, he was pretty much stuck. I didn't want to go to the ground. Obviously, I wanted to strike with him. It was a weird time, man. I wasn't I wasn't with the gym at the time, and uh, like I said, I was going over and sparring with Scott Beck some, um, just just to kind of get ready. And um, there wasn't anybody that could could really, you know. Um, put much pressure on me so it just wasn't doing me much good but um you know he, he was he wasn't going anywhere i don't know if he if he went to sleep and and woke back up or if he just um or what but jimmy said that said that he went to sleep so um i just took what he gave me on that one i guess you know and how fitting that jimmy neely is now like chris bond's uh like yeah. mentor it's his dad now <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, oh, it's so funny uh, here's uh all of you guys remember here's Matt Spurlock uh, rest in peace Matt Spurlock he has passed since this time he was one of my one of my favorite guys though man that guy would step up and fight for you like on such short notice for you know matchmaker's best friend there uh, Matt Spurlock uh, just a uh, good seeing him here it's been it's been a while that's kind of how how the whole thing got kicked off you know I was working with Matt and um, he was doing some kickboxing and he was like hey man you want to do this fight I'd been out of the gym for a year or so probably at the time and. Um, had a daughter and just just was focused on that and um, but you know just at that time I thought hey let's go have a good time let's let's do this and um, took a fight and they just kept coming and uh, I just you know just kept winging it uh, as far as I could go I guess um, but that was you know Matt was was the main person I was sparring with so um, you know I wasn't getting much much work on the ground at the time so you know that was ultimately uh, a big downfall for me. Now, up next, it looks like we're going to have uh, Jacob Clemens. Now, guys, this is a guy that uh, is somewhat still relevant on the scene currently. You know, he fought a year or so ago, but this is the, the debut for both of these guys. Jacob Clemens, Josh Cornelius. Now, this is the only time we ever saw Josh Cornelius. A uh, very decorated wrestler from down in the Chattanooga area, which re- produces a lot of solid wrestling talent. And, uh, of course, Jacob Clemens still fighting, kind of, I guess, out of Kings MMA. Uh, he is, uh, you know, I, I believe on the verge of turning pro. I would imagine if we ever see him fight again, it'll be as a professional. Uh, but uh, hopefully that is the case because he's got a lot of potential. Both these guys, in hindsight, have a, a ton of potential. Uh, yeah, Justin Fisher, uh, you're familiar with uh, Mr. Clemens? A little bit. It's been a minute. Yeah, so trying to root. Uh, oh yeah, Jacob Clemens definitely. He had the little koala, the killer koala yeah, bear. Koala killer bear, yeah. So it's been a minute since I've been around here. It has been, yeah. I know. You know, I was gonna say the last time we saw him fight was uh, December of 2018, I think. So it it was like he was on one of the very first shows uh, since Eric took over, but it was like one of the very first ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jacob, Jacob definitely has come a long way since. Uh, I mean, he, he was joined a good team with Overdrive uh, with Shane Hill. 
That's simple. right. At this time, this was Shane Hill's overdrive team. And this uh, that was uh, this is one of the first fighters to come out of there. Yep, absolutely. Him and Tyler Hundley. And then uh, they later went to uh, Kings once uh, Overhill changed up or whatever. And uh, yeah, he ended up being a pretty good little scrapper, man. He would uh, come into the gym and get some good rounds in with us on our uh, sparring days. And he's pretty tough. He's a tough sure. kid, man. Yeah. <laughs> tough he's kid. only 18 years old here and he's popping Cornelius, who is uh who is a little longer in the tooth for a, for a debut amateur. Uh, he's popping him pretty good at this point. Oh, yeah. Dark hands. Very confident in uh, in his abilities. Even, I think even at this point, you know, he was he was just uh, that's that was the thing about all the overdrive kids. They were uh, they were all tough as nails and mm-hmm. just confident in themselves, you know, like in that aspect. They just go out to bang, you know. Absolutely. They didn't they didn't let the, the moment get to them. It seemed like, you know, they were always super calm in the moment um, where, you know, most of the time, you, you know, you see a guy making his amateur debut or, you know, for the first couple of fights, he's real stiff and, um, you know, just everything kind of gets to him and, and the anxiety of the whole thing. But uh, they always seem like, you know, I'm sure they, they trained hard and um, everything was they were able to just shut everything else out and, and go in there like a sparring session. And that's kind of how he's, he's been taking this fight. You know, as far as the striking exchanges, he's you know been been super crisp the whole time, um, you know, super technical. Um, you know, this guy's pinned him up against the cage a couple of times, but I think, um, you know, he's he's handling him on the feet. Yeah, for an amateur debut, I will agree. This is a, a very, uh, in, in hindsight, a very composed amateur debut. Yeah, absolutely. Both guys, actually, I, you know, like I said, Cornelius never fought again, but, um, you know, he had obviously put put the work in for this yeah. fight. So um, I'm surprised we never saw him again. That's it's, it's wild. And that big right, right hand, hand changed wild. things. Yeah, the big right hand changed things. I, I had Clemens winning the entire time up to this point, but that right hand kind of stunned him, and he kind of wilted it. Wow. Yeah. Cornelius had a lot of potential. Uh, you know, a powerful, explosive guy, and he never competed again. And uh, you know, that said, uh, Jacob Clemens a good uh, a good story of uh, sticking with it, man. He loses his amateur debut. He ended up uh, getting some uh, amateur titles, and I believe got to like five and two or six and two, like pretty pretty good record. Yeah, he had a pretty big record. Um, I remember, and uh, you know, like I said last time he fought, um, 2018, he was supposed to to make his pro debut after that fight. Uh, I think he actually even called out an opponent. Um, I think it was, uh, I think Dre fought this guy. That Ned, Ned, yeah. uh, Ned Spears. Yeah, he called out Ned Spears. and uh, But then just, you know, I've talked to him a couple of times and, you know, just to see where he's at. And um, I don't know, he's, he, we haven't seen him again, but I think I think that kid's got, you know, a lot of potential if he if he's, you know, in the gym grinding right now and, and, and really working out all the kinks, I mean, he could come back and, and blow up pretty quick. Man, speaking of, like, uh, another guy that, that had a lot of potential there in the corner of Cornelius, see David Mang. Y'all remember David Mang? Yeah, I remember he was, David. Uh, he was, uh, had a lot of skill, very, very good potential, but a complete dumbass and can't stay out of jail. Just like <laughs> yeah. he's, a, he's like a perpetual fuck-up, you know? Yeah. He was uh, independent, and he was, like, winning, you know, oh, yeah. winning some good he, fights. I, I believe he beat JSP. Oh wow! I'm, I, I, I'm pretty positive he beat JSP. Yeah, he uh, didn't he fight Leo correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, the kid's good, man. He fought Leo. Leo and him was a. Uh, I remember that shit, dude. A that war. was like that was. They were both dead at the yeah. end. Yeah, they had a hell of a fight. 
Yeah. Yeah. David Mang was a guy that, that probably could have done something. Be, look who and look who we have here. I'm off topic. Chase Winder, guys. Here's Chase Winder. Current KMAA Pro 2-0 taking on Bruce Duckett, who also ended up going pro. Didn't have as much success. I believe he's about 0-3 now as a pro. But here's two guys that ended up going pro. Uh, this, at this time, though, Chase was with Chaos here. Now, this was uh, back when Chase made 135 pounds. Uh, Nick, you, this is one of your main uh, training partners now. And yeah, he's he's at the gym uh, all the time, training with us now. Um, he's family now, you know. He's part of the team, so it's uh, yeah, this is kind of funny, you know. He's uh, this is back in the day, man. This is when he was with Kate, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. He was with Josh Kate. Oh, big slam there from uh, Chase Winder and Bruce Duckett. Now this was his first time coming in and fighting for us. He built up a pretty good record uh, over on uh, some some other other shows, but uh, uh, so he came in with a better record than Chase here. We were just looking at the topology predictions, and Duckett was the favorite to topology in this in this fight. One hundred thirty five pounds. I don't think Chase Winder's seeing one hundred thirty five pounds again. Uh, it's uh, it's possible, <laughs> but uh, unlikely. I'm, well, I don't think we should hold our breath. He's been fighting at 55 recently. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah I think uh, this was back in the day. Like you said, seven years ago, everybody was a lot younger here. Yeah, oh, yeah. Everybody. Chase was younger. Jimmy Neely was younger. Yeah, <laughs> Josh right. <Fisher> was younger. <laughs> I was a little younger. <laughs> and there's the win there for Chase Winder. And uh, gets the win over Bruce Duckett. Uh, just a little trivia: Bruce Duckett's brother Jesse Duckett does our um, does our art, uh, our graphics for the uh, for the Valor uh, bout announcements and posters and whatnot. So small world, you know. Uh, we see Drew Kennedy there in the corner as well. There's another blast from the past. We haven't seen that guy fight in a long time. It's really crazy how we're kind of like on this. Uh, would you guys say we're like in the second generation or third generation now of like East Tennessee MMA? Does that make sense? I mean, I would say because I would really kind of to me, I feel like we're in the third. I feel like, I feel like we're in the third because I kind of consider Justin Fisher to be like second generation. And then like the now to be kind of the third generation Then like first generation, like. You know, you're at like actual your Josh Cates and your Kilgores and, and like that kind of absolute cage fights. Yeah, definitely third generation because now the old hands like me are sitting down a little bit and you got the young bucks like Nick just coming on the scene getting national attention and stuff. So, right. So you're not really that old. There's still older guys than you. You know, you okay, got like Jay, Min Jay, Min Jay, Min Jay Minigellos and those guys. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, so, I remember my first ever, uh, I was like 14 years old trying to get an MMA fight. And uh, <laughs> you know, Jay, Jay Minigello was like, oh, my God, part, part of it was helping uh, uh, Jay and Kelvin. Kel oh, yeah, Kel Kelvin Stokes yep. Hey, Kelvin yeah. Stokes came back and fought like two years ago. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was, <laughs> it, was <laughs> funny. Yeah, it was funny because, you know, uh, okay, I, yeah, that's your first generation right there. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. man. So. One side story, Jay and them put on the last show in Tennessee that could be a tournament style in which you could fight more than one fight in a day. And I got to be on that show with those oh, old hands. 
Nice, nice. Amateur fight, and I was a duck. Like, they put me out there to get drilled by this kid from North Carolina, and I starched him in the second round. Uh I did it so bad that the other guy in the tournament – uh, was fighting for a rival gym from the same hometown. He backed out because he didn't want to lose to me, so I won their belt in the last tournament. <laughs> it was so funny. What he didn't know was I broke my hand on dude's jaw. Okay. He'd have had a day work if he just manned up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll accept second generation. Dang, Tim, you just made me feel a little bit younger. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> well, I think it's I, I think it's the truth. I really, it's how, how I kind of see it, man. It's, uh, it's wild, you know, but because there's still like that, you know, it's weird how – you know, you've got your, your the the first kind of group was you know they were they were all you know they were tough roughnecks. Some of them were rudimentary skilled yeah. to a degree, but you know for the most part no, no, they, they I, were all Let's go get in fight. That's pretty much what that first generation was. Right, and then then your next group of guys you had you had a lot of guys like yourself who were you know tough guys that could brawl, but then you were very technical and you actually had you know, ability, you know, in all facets. And then, and now you have your even generation beyond that, where you have all that, but now they're like Uber athletes on top of it all. Oh yeah, absolutely. You got another rough and tumble kid here on the screen with us now, like Nick Baker. He and Nick Hurts had a good fight one time that I remember too. If we could narrow, or yeah, if we could commentate that one, I want in on that because that was, woo, you're talking about nerve wracking. Oh man, was that a, uh, was that a bloody one? That uh, was that was one where Eric couldn't be there, I think. Yeah. I was sitting outside. I had to referee. So Eric gives me this Ferrari and Nick Gertz says, Don't wreck it. I'm like, what the heck are you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Justin Fisher and uh Jason King in my corner yeah. for that fight. Oh wow. Yeah, it was a good fight though, because they got around to it. Like they're real scrappers. You can see Nick here fighting to get through this takedown from Donnie and everything. Like he one thing I liked about Nick is like his nickname was the Haymaker Baker. He was not afraid to throw anything like caution through Just the wind. The everything. most wild dumb <laughs> shit. One of the more fitting <laughs> nicknames we I've ever seen. That's the truth. Nick Haymaker Baker is uh, spot on. Of course, we see him here against Donnie Singleton. Now, this fight, as you, if you guys have been watching, it, like it's actually back and forth. You know, it's uh, th- these guys are both going for. It. They're both uh, had their had their advantageous positions. Donnie Singleton was with the now defunct Team Ludus. Y'all remember Team Ludus? Oh yeah, yeah. They, didn't they have that big helmet they always carried to the ring? Yes, they always carried that freaking they gladiator. Won they, they won that. Some, that was a that was like a uh, of the night award. For yeah. a while. They, were, they carried it, they carried it for every show, <laughs> everybody. They yeah, they won one of them, and they, like, painted it green, and every guy would wear it out, you know. They wear it, like, <laughs> and, you know, they won. They would, like, hold it up for every person. We keep paying attention. If I don't remember how this one turns out. If we pay attention and uh, Donnie wins this one, then shoot. They'll probably carry that sucker in here if they've already won it by now. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they're going to. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, this was uh, – that said, man, these, these guys had some spirit to them. You know, you know, yeah. they were very, they were they were about it. You know, they 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 were they would get into the shit. They had their fucking shirts. Uh, you know, they were coached <laughs> by by, uh, by Garrett O'Sullivan, and and his brother Dylan, Dylan O'Sullivan Dylan is still Sullivan. on the scene. Yeah. yeah, Dylan Dylan's training. You know, like with some with some top level guys. He's been been out in Florida for a little while. And, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, Dylan showed a, a ton of promise, um, and I th- I feel like he he stepped up and was fighting um, in, in a weight class or two. Uh, a little too heavy. Just taking some some uh, some guidance from some, some some of those guys up in Johnson City that uh, maybe he shouldn't have. But 
you know, look out, man. If he, if he comes back, he, he could be a, a problem for some people. Now, Nick Baker, this is a familiar guy. This is a guy that fought, man, man, I would, I would actually probably need to go back and do the math. But this guy may, it was surely in the top three for most fights ever uh, in, in one of my shows, man. Like, I mean, he, he fought like in every show. Well, yeah, no. That boy was down to fight every time. It didn't matter who. That was the best part. It's like Nick's gonna fight who? Uh, he's taking that. Yeah, that is better than him. Oh, they're gonna call it a catch, and he's still. Gonna fight. <laughs> That's I mean, and then you go talk to him. He's like, "Yeah, dude, let's bang." It's like, okay, there you go, yeah, Nick. Right. Yeah, now, you know, Nick's a guy that that was had all kind, like you just said, all kinds of guts. Very tough, a fighter's mentality that can't be taught. Really, you know, he he had that that natural instinct to him. And he could throw with some power, but you know the the book on him was always you know his ground game is just not up to par. Do you, uh, Nick? Do you think uh, this would have, this guy that had he gotten with a legitimate gym early in his career, early in her, in his career, that things could have turned out different for him? Absolutely, absolutely. If, if he would have gotten to a like a good gym, and he was an independent until I think he turned pro, and then he started finally training with somebody. Yeah, but but I'm I'm like dude. You can't do this shit on your own. It takes, it takes, uh, I hate to quote the bitch, but it takes a village. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> no, that's the truth. And that's what's even more impressive, really, is you'll go back and you look at Nick Baker. The dude had, he probably had seven or eight wins uh, before he turned pro. And I believe his pro record is near 500. Yeah, he started out like 3 0 or something. I think, you know, he got some favorable matchups, but, you know, he was always, the thing about Nick was his heart. And, you know, his stupidity, really. Like, he, he didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know like, he's not the best in the world. And, you know, he, he didn't care. He just was down to do whatever. And um, I think, you know, I think that he was picked on a lot growing up, it seemed like. And uh, this is kind of just a way for him to fight back, you know, as, as he got a little older. And, um, you know, there was tons of, you know, like you say, through through hard, but, when he when he fought somebody who knew how to strike, I mean, he was just, it was he got picked apart, you know. And, oh, yeah. uh, but like you say, man, I think if, if he went if he was with a, a gym, if he was smart enough to pay attention and follow a game plan and and all that, you know, he definitely. Oh. <laughs> He definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we. I think we're in second. I'm gonna pause it one, two, so we're all together again because I think I got ahead of you. Oh, okay. I'm, at seven, I'm at seven. I'm at seven fifty five, fifty six, fifty seven. Holy cow! That running jump. That was like Nick Baker in a ball. Like he was fearless. Like okay, if he, gets me <laughs> if he gets me down on the ground, this probably ain't gonna go good. I'm gonna eat more elbows to the body. That's gonna suck like I did in the first round, and he's gonna hold me there like he did in the second round. But screw it, I want to throw something cool and just runs out and throws the right. kick. That's what's always good about it and stuff. So don't know that fight IQ is always his strong suit. Either. Oh yeah. But it's one of those actually ones. after Nick after Nick began to actually put a little bit of effort into training on the ground, he he it was like he wanted to show it off. And I'm yeah. just like, you're still not really that guy, you know, like you still want to fight your fights, but you know, <laughs> he started wanting to want to show off his submissions and it would backfire. Yeah, you need to use this to get back up and then use your awkward unorthodox tactics to get him down again. Beat him up. So, but yeah, he mean, like I said, he was always fun to watch. You can see here, he's not afraid. He's not, you know, like Donnie's going to be on top of him here. And another thing is, like, if you're watching this fight, I know, like, Nick ends up pulling this out and everything. 
But if you're watching this fight in today's standards, looking at the judging from what it's went from yeah. to where it is now, like I think that Donnie wins this fight in today's climate. Whenever you know what oh, I'm saying, like absolutely. And I think I, Donnie I think wins this as MMA fighters, like we were out there to try and do as best we could. And a lot of the judges at the time were just learning the sport because at the time, like our biggest exposure was a UFC pay-per-view. If you could get it every now and then they would have a every now and then it's not like now where they have fight nights, you know, once a month or whatever. Um, it was like that or ESPN's not jumping on this wagon. Like the best you had was like the WEC on versus so you would have to catch all those dudes and that kind of stuff. So like everybody was so, they were so like such infants to the sport and everything like Donnie did good work about keeping Nick on the ground, controlling him, doing that stuff. You see in a submission attempt here, like uh-huh. he wasn't doing so great against the unorthodox style, but in today's climate, if he were to fight for dollar fighting, you know, if this fight would happen the next time we're allowed to, or at the last one, I think Donnie, in my opinion, Donnie wins this fight, but because people know Nick Baker and like throwing that stuff. And then he threw a lot more punches. He did the wild and crazy stuff. That's the ooh-ah factor, you know, that right. kind of thing. So I'm not sure that I just, like, looking at the climate of the sport, I think you can see a great deal of change, especially in, like, these amateur fights. Even though they're amateurs and trying and stuff, there's a lot more professionalism that goes into our uh, our bouts and everything now. Even in our Valiant Fighting Challenges, when we have debuts from two independents, they still don't look as rough as some of these fighters now that right. are coming out trying to do that thing. So the evolution of the sport, not just the sport of judging and everything else right here. So a good shot two there. good shots from Nick right there. So, I yeah, mean, like, man, he landed some pretty heavy ones. That was actually a hell of a fight. Yeah, it was a really good fight. It's like they pushed it back and forth and everything, but it's just different to see how there's that helmet. Oh, there it is. Uh, yes, yes. There's a, there's young Dylan O'Sullivan. And I tell you, man, uh, if you think about it, the judges at this time had only been judging about as long as you guys have been fighting. Yeah, that's what's yeah. so crazy about it is, you know, like whenever you're fighting, oh, who are these judges? When we're coming in, we don't know any better. Like we're starting to work on, you know, different combos and how am I going to do this and am I in shape and stuff. We weren't thinking about, all right, which rednecks going to be judging this tonight? <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff. Right. Like, actually taking this serious and who was just the guy that went to get licensed so he could sit close to shows because that crap happened a lot too early on. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Just like you went through the vetting, find out which fighters are going to show up, take it serious and everything. I'm sure you had to do the same thing with judges through the state. Uh Don't send me this guy because this dude's a joke and that kind of stuff. So they had to clean those out as well. So the sport had only been legal for like three years at this point. Oh yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like the stuff that we were allowed to do, like I'm talking about, maybe a year before this, not even a year before this, right. probably. That's when we had that last tournament that I was telling you about. That it was insane what all you could do. Like, mm-hmm. amateurs had no... Amateurs, the only thing that I remember that they couldn't do differently, and I got called for this in my first amateur fight, was you can't pull their knee into your knee when you knee them in the face. I'm like, <laughs> okay. You can still knee them in the face, but you yeah. can't, we can't have that collision. That's too dangerous for amateurs. So what you're saying is if I set him in a tie clinch and hold him in my chest, I can eat the crap out of him. He's like, yeah, wear that out. Just don't pull him into it. Uh, okay. <laughs> now you look at it like amateurs wearing shin guards and everything else. Like, oh, oh my God, these guys. So It's hilarious. Yeah, man. Crazy cool. It's come a long way. Long way. Then Nick getting a win here, staying out of Donnie. Whatever happened to Donnie after that and everything? Where did man, he get? I it? think he had one or two more fights, um, but uh, he never really, he never really came back through uh, with any kind of push for for anything. Now, right here, guys, 
Curtis. Now, uh, Nick, I'm going to let you uh, introduce Mr. Ronnie Curtis for those that may not be familiar because now Ronnie hasn't fought in uh, in a few years. Yeah, Ronnie hasn't fought in a long time. Um, he's been so he's an old teammate of Jason King's. Tuco Tapa. Tuco Tapa. Tuco Tapa. That was that was where we met Ronnie originally, and uh, I've actually when uh, I fought in Bellator, we visited Ronnie, uh, hung out with him there. Uh, cool guy, really cool guy. Yeah. Uh, just kind of you know ended up uh, going a different path from the fighting thing, but. Uh, he uh he's actually into the nutrition and stuff uh, the Lockhart and uh, uh, I forget the name but yeah he's in that like nutrition program now so he's still uh, still around it and capable of doing everything super supportive of the fighters yeah, still he still loves the sport he's a great guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ronnie's a super cool dude and, uh, you know, uh, good friends with Jason King at this time, trained by Brendan Bohannon up there in Johnson City. And he's got Raymond Stroll here. He's a 50-50 guy. Uh, and he was with Shane Hill's Overdrive team. Their teammates. Yeah, uh, teammates I, with I, the I don't remember who that guy was as soon as you said Overdrive. I was like, I've seen this guy before. Yeah, and he's kind of a deceptive one. He's a he's a very unassuming fellow, but he yeah. was uh, not not the, not the best athlete, but tough and uh, and kind of durable. Yeah, you uh, you'd never expect him to be as good as he was. Right, exactly, <laughs> and that's not, you know it's a, that's why I thought this is a pretty good good little matchup. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> now, Ronnie, uh, I don't know if Ronnie fought again after this. To tell you the truth, I'm going to look while we're while we're watching this thing and just see if Ronnie had any more after this. At this point, Ronnie was one and zero, and it looks like uh, this was his last fight. Yeah, Ronnie, Ronnie got out while he was ahead, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that boy. <laughs> Atta boy. Yeah. <laughs> this, I can win and I'm done. Atta boy, Ronnie. You escape without brain damage, back hurt, knee right. surgery. Good job, Ronnie. You're smarter than the rest of us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Look at you. up on this, uh, this standing guillotine here. Look yeah. at Ronnie, though. That's what cracks me up. Like, about this time, I was like, he knows he got to separate this and he just starts jumping. Like, yeah, he's just yeah. off his toes. He's just a tough kid. <laughs> no doubt. Things have come a long way. Oh, yeah. a little bit of anger. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, dropped him to two and three at the time, and uh, Ronnie just couldn't bear to hurt people anymore, and, and called it called it a day. There's Jason King, guys. There he is. Oh, look at that man. Look at that baby face. <laughs> he, he was a young baby Asian uh, persuasion at that yeah. point. Oh, man, we were all fucking babies. Man. <laughs> yeah, dude, no doubt, man, no doubt. I'm this really is, surprised. Yeah, I'm really surprised not to see Brandon Bohannon in his kilt in that one. I guess he was. <laughs> this was pre-kilt. This is pre-kilt. No pre-kilt here. <laughs> man, this uh, this is 2013, right? This is June 1st of 2013. Oh, man, so June 1st. So I graduated high school. Well, my birthday is May 17th. Then graduated high school the same day, and then uh, so I found out I had my fight scheduled for June the first. So it was like two weeks after you turned eighteen. 
uh, two weeks after my 18th birthday. So that's incredible. That's awesome. Babyface Dahmer, we're, we're going to watch later. Yeah, that's next. That's next. Two more fights uh, left to go on this part one of our deep dive back into 3FC 17. Uh, this one here is two very young prospects. I believe uh, we've got Demir, the Bosnian barn cat, Prop Bogovic, just fought. And uh, in my opinion, won the uh, the Valor Lightweight Professional Championship. Now, uh, has Demir fought? Is this his debut, guys, or is, has he fought before this? Yeah, this is his debut in uh, in uh, MMA. We both okay, had our- he done kickboxing. Yeah, he had done kickboxing before. And, now, uh, Demir, much like yourself, Nick, it was a guy that um, he 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 started training uh, before he was you know, eligible to, to fight in MMA as yeah, a, had, as a teenager. We were like training partners at premier. Uh, when I first started, uh, under Rafael Oliveira, that was, uh, I met Dahmer. He'd been there for maybe a couple months. And, uh, so we, we pretty much started at the same exact time as the same coach there for a while. He went, uh, other ways to shield systems with Ben Harris. And, uh, I went to Knoxville martial arts Academy, but, uh, we're still good friends. Uh, still train together when when we can. And, uh, he's he's a he's a good wild kid. Uh, Bosnian, <laughs> a good nickname. He is, uh, man. Tell you, he's a tough dude. Very skilled and uh, the best looking version of him that we've ever seen here. Just a couple months ago, uh, as he uh, had a just a dominant performance over David Robbins at uh, I, now the number of the event uh, it fails me. I want to say Valor uh, like maybe what sixty nine was 69, it sixty nine? Right. I guess it was. Thirteen. That was a crazy fight night, man. That was insane. Like all the it was. It was. This is one of uh, our most, you know, with the with uh, also taking into account Nick's about to fight on the next one. But like this is this is a, the debut of the guy of one of the top guys, man. Yeah, man, this is this is crazy. Just to look and see how rough he is, and the, I think the contrast for all this, if fight fans, if you haven't went back and watched, like, do what you have to do to go watch that fight. Like, you want to take a look and see the growth of a fighter. Here's a guy that walks into the cage for the first time. What you're seeing right now, if you can go back and watch and see what he did with David Robbins, knowing how accomplished of a striker that David Robbins is in that Muay Thai, coming out of a tough camp with American Killer Bees, how they're branching out and trying to make their gym a little bit better by cross-training now and everything, seeing all the stuff that American Killer Bees is doing, just watching Dahmer come in and just handle his business. And like yeah. that system, Dahmer coming to handle you know, David Robbins the way he did. It was insane like just to see how great like Dahmer performs and was super – it just cracks me up. It's just seeing baby Dahmer right now. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it, it's just it, the killer that was in the cage versus the kid that we're seeing on the screen right now. I mean, it's just, it, it throws me for a loop. It's crazy. Dahmer, Dahmer's always loved to uh, to throw some hands there. He's, he's, oh, always, yeah. been, he's always been a fan of kickboxing. Good jiu-jitsu, uh, good wrestling now, but um, definitely always been good with those hands. I remember uh, back in the day – we would we would roll. Ooh, that a boy! Stick him on that dome. Yeah, we would uh we would do jujitsu, you know, and I would sometimes I'd get the I'd, I'd get the upper hand in jujitsu, and then we would he'd be like, "Come to kickboxing, come to kickboxing," and he just beat the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I, <was like>, no. <laughs> I think he did some uh, traditional martial arts. Oh, when he was man. Okay, I, I need to. Uh, I, mean, I think I need to sync up with you guys here at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you guys may be ahead of me. I'm at three twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight. You let me know when you're at three forty five. We'll start it again. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because I just saw that big slam. 
Sorry about that. Spoiler oh, no, no, it's, it's it's got dropped on his dome, and it was just, yeah, yeah that was, uh, I'm surprised they didn't kill him. 44, <laughs> 45. Good. All right, we all sync back up again. Sorry about that, ladies. It's okay, and yeah, so we're at 52, 53, 54. Oh, yeah, we're good. Very good, very good. No, nah, man, and, and okay, let's talk about Caleb Robertson. Uh, he's actually doesn't look too bad here himself. Top shot. Did you say he ain't looking too bad? He kicked old Dom across the face twice. Oof. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, he never fought again after this. Caleb Robertson was an 0-1 amateur after this. this. is his debut. But actually showing pretty well. Yeah, he was, he was actually at uh, Upper Cumberland MMA, too. Uh, yes. So Dahmer, the guy I fight next, was also from Upper Cumberland. So, so uh, these guys are uh, obviously training partners getting ready for, uh, for, uh, for this fight, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Him and uh, Ben Holm. Ben Holm, uh, the guy that we're going to see you fight, is another guy that, you know, pretty good, man. Pretty talented guy. And, uh, man, it's more or less kind of the story on Upper Cumberland almost is like as – and I don't mean this in a derogatory way at all. If anything, it's a compliment because there have been several – like better than average fighters come out of Upper Cumberland MMA in Cookville, Tennessee, that have just never developed into that have never developed. I guess I, get, yeah. I think it's just as safe to say, just never developed. Period. So, you know, so like, this well, fight, this guy never fought again after this fight. No, never fought again. And he's got UC MMA tattooed down in the back of his arm. Yeah, that went zero and one. <laughs> get all yeah. this. Uh, it, it really was astounding to me because, you know, they had some other really good fighters. Timmy Eisenbraun came out of there, you know, uh, and Ben Holm is is pretty solid fighter, really. You know, so, you know, it, it, I don't know that they ever had a fighter um, go pro. Um, they may have had one now that I think about it. There was a Russell. Russell Johnson went pro out of there. I feel like a big part of it was that it was just like a. You know, kind of like Ludus, just some guys doing their own thing. Who was the head coach? Matt Violet. Yeah, my, Matt Violet. I feel like he was just like, you know, I remember him making his amateur debut, and he was coaching all these guys, and um, you know, so it, I don't know. I, I don't feel like it was. Uh, I never went there or anything, but I don't know. I don't think it was really a. Um, you know, it wasn't KMA for sure, um, but. You know, I don't think it was that atmosphere. Um, I don't know what it, what's out there for, you know, where these guys could train and get um, some good time in. Yeah, it's, um, it's hard to have a coach that's, uh, that's the same age as most of the right. students. Because you, know, right. you, you become more of a friend than uh, than a coach, you know, so. Yeah, uh, and, it's, you know, you, you guys are experiencing the same thing. You know, like, he's de- you know, Matt Violet was, was debuting around the same time as, you know, these guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's Ooh. like. You know, you're kind of all going through the same experience, and uh, I don't know, it was just a little bit weird. But you know, they, if they would have had a coach, uh, you know, they could have done, could have gone a little further up. I'm sure. Yeah, I think that just shows you like the early days of the sport. Like we're saying, this is seven years ago, so this is just like the birthing, you know, of right what's going on, and this is cultivating what we're gonna, what we're seeing now. This is like what we have now is because of gyms like this that are putting people out here, and people, you know, saying. Well, maybe I need a coach with this. Maybe I need a gym that has this. Maybe I need training partners like this. So people are able to make smarter decisions and train. I think that just helps with the evolution of the sport. When you have athletes like Gertz and uh, Dahmer out here that are just freaking killing people now, it's just insane. Like just to see how much it's grown and how what kind of products we can put out of here. 
You know, it's like just showing everything up right now. Holy cow. Look at this. Dahmer's thrown two or three Superman punches. Oh, and he dropped him. Yep. And what kills me about that is like, this is his debut. He's throwing decent Superman punches. Oh, like, <laughs> this ain't no, I mean, no. Nick Baker, I'm sorry, but this isn't like a Nick Baker, like, I'm just throwing crap. Like, it, that was actually pretty sound. And like, freaking <laughs> amateur debut. What's up? Dahmer was hitting me in the face with Superman's when we were both 14 years old. <laughs> he saw that like, I'm doing that. <laughs> I'm still doing that. I'm doing that so much. There was one cool thing, you know, about for, for Nick and for Dahmer is, and we're going to see kids, you know, more and more all the time, especially, you know, we, we had those those youngsters at the last show um, when I was like six years old. And but, you know, with Nick and Dahmer, they were these guys are competing in front of these audiences in kickboxing before they before they were 18, you know, so when they made their MMA debuts, it wasn't the same as as a regular debut, you know, they had already been out there competing. Oh, yeah. Uh, and doing this and 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 they weren't just, you know, some buddies that they got together and through punches, you know, they had they had coaches who who knew what they were doing, you know, had been around um, for a long time and, um, you know, knew the sport and and, and knew how to groom them. Um, yeah. You know, and then that 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 shows you the you know the difference between, like you say, you know, kind of highlighting these two guys, um, you know, on this card. But you know, that's that's the big difference between you know Demir and Nick and and the rest of the of the you know guys that have come through here is this, you know, they they started young and they were groomed, you know, the right way. Let me throw something out here for you. Do you remember the last event we had the two, like, we had an eight-year-old and a six-year-old that were going for the grappling part. And then yeah, we had another yeah, that's what I was talking about. And they were just, like, ten years old. Can you imagine what this sport's going to be in another seven or eight years with this many Absolutely. kids starting that early? Incredible. This, Incredible. And, and those kids, and you're, those kids were good. Oh. Have you guys watched that kid in the UFC, Chase Hooper? Uh-uh. He's like 20 years old in the UFC. He came off of uh, the Contender Series last year. He's got one or two fights, but I mean, this kid looks like you know. If you see him, he looks like he's in high school or something, you know. Um, but he's he's uh, one and zero, I think, in UFC official now, and he, he won in, in on the Contender Series. But that's that's the future, you know. These kids that have been training their whole lives and um, you know, with with the best coaches in the world and. Uh, it's going to be crazy where, where this thing ends up. Dude, just look at Dahmer right here, man. Right. Like that's, right. That last little flurry where he had uh, – where Caleb had his foot and everything, you saw Dahmer just come unglued right there and just start raining down punches. Like that's, I think, what you see. It was super wild and it was all that stuff. If you look at that scene, whereas David Robbins on his back in this last one where Dahmer was controlled, put him right. in the but he couldn't move away from it and then just punished him there. Like that whole deal. I mean, that's that's a whole lot. Like that's the difference right there. Instead of just throwing wild like I can punch people and I Hulk smash, it's like Hulk smash intelligently. Like it's so crazy like what he can do. So Absolutely. How old are you? Sport, man, seeing these fighters grow up makes you awful proud no matter what team you can for it. Nick, was Demir 18 here, too? Yeah. 18, yeah. Yeah, he was, uh, I guess he was a, I was just, I had just turned 18, and I think he'd been 18 for a few months. A few months. Yeah, just a few months. <clears throat> There's the first win of many for the Bosnian, the baby Bosnian barn cat. Uh, 
We got a uh, last part we're going to do here for uh, this one. And uh, for me, I am starting right now. I'm at four, five, six, seven, eight, nine seconds into this final fight here. And it's Ben Holman, our very own slick Nick Gertz. Uh, and man, this is one that two, uh, uh, two, two babies, two more babies. <laughs> Nick, this is uh, your your MMA debut as an amateur. Talk a little bit about uh, you know where you where the excitement for this one. Obviously, this is one that we knew was coming for a couple of years. Yeah, so we were actually uh, you know we were talking earlier about all the experience before having having your amateur debut. Uh, you know, I had I had uh, like six amateur boxing matches and probably six amateur kickboxing matches and. Uh, Tons of jujitsu matches, but uh, the first probably minute of this fight, I have no idea what the fuck was going on. Like, <laughs> I, the fuck out. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. You can see, I, I was nervous as hell. I was like, man, I, I'm so I pushed into the cage where I knew I was comfortable, and uh, so I grabbed his seal leg and he snatches my neck up here. And this guillotine is actually super fucking tight, so I'm like, oh, it's like six feet tall. And- I started going to sleep, so I pulled half guard. So I was like, oh, it's like, I don't like that. <laughs> but that this is the moment where I was like, okay, I'm back. Like, now I'm, I know what I'm doing. Like, as soon as he started choking me, I was like, you're in a fight, dude. Compose yourself. <laughs> Get it together, man. Get it together, now, man. Now, Hulk came into this with one MMA fight already. He had actually had uh, uh, an MMA fight prior to this uh, with a win over Wes Nelson uh, about a year before this. So home is, you know, was a was a was a seasoned, uh, you know, guy, you know, a guy that had trained for a couple of years at least. Yeah. He doesn't care. I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, slick trying to, to the early the early taking the early uh, development of uh, some of the the best ground uh, the submission work that you will you will you will see around here. That's Ooh. the truth. Yeah. Oh god, let got him down now. That take down. Now we can work a little bit. Just get caught to breathe right here. This is back when I would still get so excited I would vomit. So, <laughs> yes. okay, I wanted to bring that up. That's right. So, so early in your career, you had uh, you had that that just that situation. You know, that was one of the things that you were working out of your system along before you turned uh, eighteen, and even a little bit after you turned eighteen, you was uh, you would you would you would get sick into a bucket in between rounds, and you go back out there and fight. Pretty much my entire amateur career. Uh, I think it was my last three amateur fights that I didn't vomit in. And uh, Eric, That's when you Eric, were ready to be a professional. Yeah, Eric, Eric had told me, if you go three fights without puking, well, you're going to turn pro. Like, we're <laughs> so, uh, I went three fights without puking, and we turned, we got the pro debut going on. But, uh, yeah, this this was still in those stages. So, I actually, I had a boxing match uh, when I was, like, six, 16 years old. And I dropped a guy. I threw like a, a hook and a cross and another hook. And dude just buckled. He fell to his knees. And uh, I started puking immediately. I was like, oh, oh, I got so excited about it. I didn't know what, what to do with the excitement. <laughs> Except for just puking out, I guess. Uh, <laughs> So what 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 was what did it is it something that just went away uh, or is there anything that you kind of consciously did to uh, rectify that problem or is it something you just 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 stopped happening? Yeah, man, it was uh, just just experience, all the experience with it, uh, you know, just case uh, time, just breathing. We, we did different uh, breathing techniques and different things to 
Think about I actually he was about to tap right there, by the he way. He was really yeah. close. Do you see how hard he was breathing? Like that barrel saved his life right there. That was gonna be the end of the fight. But uh actually here we are, uh, you know, using one of the old school tricks on that vinyl. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I, I yeah, tell you what, Eric Turner doesn't look like he's aged a day, actually. Uh yeah, man, he's looking young. He think, don't, he, I think Eric looks like all like the same. Uh, I don't know, man. He's he's got a few more years on him, a lot more stress on him these days. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm so. Uh, years on that man's head for sure. I'll put years on that man's head. For sure. <laughs> All of us. <laughs> this, this this was a solid uh, a solid uh, test for a debut here, Nick. I got to say, because Holmes been you know you're at this point you're pulling away on the scorecards, but he's very he's still very live. Oh, yeah, he's trying to log up that triangle there. Going for it, man. He gets a little tight for a second, but I was, I knew I was good. Uh, pretty much at this point, I was like, nobody's jiu-jitsu is better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is when I knew, like, my jiu-jitsu is way better than yours. <laughs> you get sick in the bucket in between that round. Uh, I did not actually that round. Uh, I think I puke at the end of this fight. Um, okay. I used maybe actually I did I think I did because I used to puke. There's the nicotine. That's how I won my. That's <laughs> oh, how I won my for debut. When you hit that submission so many times, they name it after you. Yeah, they call that thing the nicotine. <laughs> <laughs> what was stupid was this little punk kid who comes walking into KMAA, like in his family and stuff, and he doesn't smile at all. Like, just no smiles, nothing. He came over because Hoffy was training with KMAs back when we were over by the Cotton Eye Joe in that location and stuff. And then, like, we see him come in. It's like, all right, cool kid's game. And, like, he comes in and starts rolling with us and stuff. And it was one of those, like he said, well, nobody's jujitsu is better than mine. Like, I'm walking around at 205, and he is, like, a buck 40 at most. No, I was probably 125. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. I was and when that kid got a hold of you, it was funny. He's like, okay, we're going to roll. And like, I literally had a hold of right there. Ooh. The Delahiva, you never see that in MMA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. That straight gi jiu-jitsu move right there. But this that's right. Kid that's right. This is, uh, this, uh, this is uh, groundbreaking. This is 2013 still, too. That's what's wild. Yeah. But you see the product that, like, whatever he said, you know, nobody's jiu-jitsu bad mind. He still believes that, like, every time he goes to the fight. But he yeah. doesn't have to believe. Like, he knows it. Like, he believes it and he knows it. And there, those are two different things. You can know something without truly believing it. Oh yeah, that's absolutely. Amazing. Yeah, two plus two is four. Nick Nick plus jujitsu equals win. Like that, he knows that, and he knew that since this age. That's what killed us. Whenever he came in, it's like, man, Nick gets us. Nick gets us puking bent down. He's gonna shock the world. And then it's funny. I asked I asked one of my teammates one time. Uh, I'm like, dude, why why you always want to grapple me? Like, because he always shoots on me. He's a really good wrestler, and. Uh, but he's also a really good striker. Like he can throw some bombs too. And uh, but I'm like, dude, why you always shoot on me, man? And he's like, why, why you want to grapple the grappler? And he said, he said, have you ever been hit by yourself? <laughs> I was like, don't shut. Like I'm always gonna shoot on you because every time you hit me, I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was locking up that mounted triangle right there at the end of that bell. So at the end of both bells, I was about to finish that. Bell. Very very close at the end of both rounds to getting uh, highlight submissions. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's still one to come. <laughs> <laughs> so here, uh, you know, Ben Holm gave a, his best Nick Baker impersonation out of the gate. Oh yeah, didn't it didn't land? 
Yeah. At this point, I'm I'm just so confident, just relaxing, and just kind of having fun at this point. All right, and, and so so the nerves are starting to subside for you here, huh? Uh, yeah. I mean, because they've been there since. Uh, there's a finish on bar triangle. And, um, Finally gets that finish and still in uh, in good uh, slick fashion, man. You, uh, you every time you were going for a finish, it was uh, with something nice and showy. I like it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I puke right after this here. Today. <laughs> 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 I say hi. I gotta tell, I'll tell everybody good game, you know, that kind of deal. And then where's the bucket? Uh, where's the bucket? Where's the, I'm asking, I'm probably asking Eric right now. Hey man, where's the bucket? Yeah. We didn't have a bucket, the bucket. But I'd actually walked out in my gi for this fight. So Eric gives me my gi to peek in. Watch this. Um, <laughs> he's like, put it on. And I'm like, no, I might, I need a bucket. I really need a bucket now. Killing it, Joey. Now! <laughs> I can hear this. I'm gagging real hard. Eric's like, just puke in the jacket. I'm uh-huh. like, oh, man, my gee. Watch that. Vomited all in it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. This is why you tuned in, ladies and gentlemen. Good Never time. tune out. Good Always time. stay till the end. Get these insides. There we go. That's right. That's right. Next week's edition, when you hear about all the crap I got talked about for beating up Daniel Cross. <laughs> Man, that was a that was a tense night, wasn't it? Oh my goodness! Like, and here's the thing: like, I knew that Crockett was tough because Vince fought Daniel, and Vince told me that mofo tough. I couldn't yeah. defend. Yeah, and I'm like. Bro, if you can't finish him, like, you handle me. He's like, yeah, but that was a year or so ago. I'm like, you tell me in a year or so that you're not going to be able to finish me with <laughs> No. Nah. I'm like, yeah, exactly right. So quit playing games. Right. So I started into this whole camp, man. I remember training my butt off of this camp. It was like, you do that for every camp, but I was especially afraid of his wrestling because he wrestled in college. As a collegiate athlete, that's another level. Like, he had more mixed martial arts background or more martial arts background with the wrestling and everything. He was a strong cat coming out. So, I mean, it was a good matchup and, like, all that. And my my team believed in me. I didn't know I was this caliber yet. Like, this fight where I remember watching Nick going, did little brother win? Little brother win? Yeah, okay, cool, he won, cool. And then, like, okay, I can go to the bathroom now. (laughs) And then, like, going back (laughs) and getting ready for my fight. But it's one of those deals where, like – this entire, the entire card and everything, like just taking a look at Nick and everything, being excited and knowing that, seeing him grow to what he is now and then knowing what I went through to be able to do that stuff. It's it's insane, man, to see how much the sport's grown. But yeah, dude, next week when we take a look at that, you're talking about a nervous dude. Coach sent me home two days early. Two days early wow. because I wore myself out. So we'll get into that more next I'm week. I'm excited man. for that for sure because that, that'll, be, that'll be a lot of good insight before a fight that was – Man, honestly, at that time, that was one of the biggest fights we've ever done. I, was really, I really wish that we would have gotten fight of the year on that one, but everybody said it was too one-sided on it, just a little bit too one-sided to be fight of the year. But there God, was so much so build-up, so much anticipation. Yeah, so much fun, too, man. It was great. Uh, you know, and so we're going to get into that next week. Uh, I, this has been fun, guys. The the, the hours flown by. Uh, we will we'll get into uh, to Justin's fight next week against Daniel Crockett, which was uh, just uh, just one of those fights that was just very tense, man. Like, you know, Crockett is a pre- very good natured, you know, chap for the most part. But, uh, I, you know, I just remember that night. We'll get more into it next week. But like, you know, I tried to approach him and his, and his lady after. 
after the fight, they were so upset, you know, uh, you know, that I was told to, you know, to get the fuck out of there more or less, not that, you know, don't, don't, don't talk to us. And I was like, man, this is, you know, it was, you know, it was, uh, it wasn't to the, it wasn't for a lack of effort on my end there at the end, but it was, uh, one of those just very tense nights and we'll relive it all next week. Guys, hope you guys enjoyed. I appreciate everybody, um, you know, giving us an hour of your time here in this coronavirus lockdown as we uh, got a quick look at the first half of 3FC 17 back in 2013. Uh, but before we uh, clear out of here, we'll reconvene next week, folks, and we'll we'll have a look at some more great action with some more familiar faces. Uh, what's your lasting take on this one we saw tonight, guys? Well, uh, you know, after, uh, after this, uh, in a word, what would you say uh, has been the biggest difference that you you have seen over, say, the past, you know, seven years now it's been from 3FC 17 to where we stand now. Uh, Justin Watson, I'll go to you first. Um, I think probably the biggest difference is, is the, the composure of guys, you know, in their debut and, and in the first few fights. Um, you know, it's now it's, it's just, you know, back then, you know, kind of what you would see in, in low-level pros you're getting that out of debut amateurs now. Um, and it just kind of goes to, to the development of the sport and, and the training that goes in, you know, and there's just so many more good gyms now uh, with good coaches and good leadership to, to give these guys direction. Um, and, you know, I think that, that that's, that's the biggest biggest thing for me is just the evolution in seeing, you know, debut fighters now as opposed to seven, ten years ago. We saw a lot of debut fighters on this card uh, that we ended up seeing a lot more of uh, moving on. Uh, Slick Nick, uh, your biggest takeaway uh, from this evening as far as uh, just where we were back uh, seven years ago till now. Man, lots of growth. <laughs> yeah. A whole lot of growth from uh, not just from promotions and, and the people involved, but, uh, you know, from judges and everything. Everybody yeah. knows more about the sport now. Everybody's been involved in it longer now and, um, I think, I mean, you still have, you know, your independence and whatnot, but uh, I think a, a lot more people realize it's a it's a serious business. As uh, as Justin Watson was saying, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, back then, you know, you could see that out of pros, and now you can see it in, you know, debut amateurs. And you're like, it's uh, just a lot of growth. It's, it's changed a lot. The sport's evolved, and uh, you got that new generation of of kids that are coming in and uh you know i see younger kids all the time they're training i'm like man they're gonna be the, the generation that comes and beats me up you know like it's uh <laughs> Eventually, yeah, when you, you, you see guys like uh, Chase Boutwell and guys like that now who are just a very much uh, uh, a, a replicant of uh, guys like yourself and Demir, you know, they're they're just turning 18, but being you know, already so seasoned that they're able to turn pro by the time they're 19, you know, yeah. uh, which is, is huge. Uh, Justin Fisher, send us home, man. What's uh, your, your, your final uh, take on this one tonight, man. I'm excited to talk about yours next week. That was, uh, that was one that uh, whenever I just started looking through fights, that was one that I, I just knew that I wanted to go back and, and, and watch again. Yeah, man. I mean, there was really, a, the, I mean, they've said it all. I mean, just echoing everything, just seeing the growth of sport from the judging to the fighters and just seeing like what kind of gyms, like I am really 
I'm taking back because as we started, you know, talking about overdrive and Ludus and upper company yeah. and all the guys, just seeing like the vetting process, I guess, that people have put through to gyms who were like serious and legit about putting out fighters and then watching people flock to those gyms and seeing the products come out. It really makes you proud for to see or to see like like that home product in like Tennessee, people working hard and doing, you know, what they need to do to make it happen in the sport. You see people making sacrifices and pushing and you see where it all started. Like, you know, like we showed like Nick Gertz there, babyface Gertz coming out and then looking at him now on the edge of the big shows. You get to see guys like Alan Stewart, you know, that started out with us and everything, had a pretty good career and everything, but he was in He's one of those cogs that we needed inside of our gym to sharpen us and help him push and those things. you got guys like Nick Baker where they had all the flash and stuff that helped us get yeah. there grow and that kind of thing. Just names that we could put out there. And without all these little fights that nobody talks about a whole lot anymore, we don't have the sport in East Tennessee. We don't have the, um, the backing in East Tennessee or the excitement in East Tennessee that you see around mixed martial arts right now. So it's really great to be able to reminisce and take a look back at all this stuff, man. It's some good stuff. And you know what? To me, the to me the thing that stands out is that of all the different groups represented on the over the nine fights that we watched tonight, only KMAA and Shield Systems are still viable uh, uh, avenues, you know, to compete. Essentially, there none of the other gyms are 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 very relevant as far as uh, producing fighters or even being in existence at all. Yeah, most of them have. Uh falling apart and are no longer in existence. And those fighters got absorbed. I mean, like you saw what? Chase Winder is a very good example of such. We we have guys all the time, you know, they fight and come in. uh, Elijah, uh, uh, Elijah, uh, he fought. uh, Gilbertson. You know who I'm talking about? The the uh, Elvis on acid guy. Yeah, yeah, Elvis on acid, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I like that kid. I like that kid. Yeah, I like that kid too. Uh, at first, you know, I was like, oh, you know, he's just some some independent guy. You know, he wanted to fight, whatever. Uh, but no, he got serious about it, and he uh, he started training with us. And um, man, he listens. His last fight was his first fight with us, and uh, we cornered him. I helped warm him up, and uh, you know, we were just working on working on some certain things. And when he got in the cage, uh, Jason King and uh, Ovin St. Pru were both his uh, corner men. And they were like, stand up, stand up. You know, he was like, oh, he like paused and he thought about it. And he was like, oh, this is how, you know, I do this. And right, he, right. Listen, exactly. That's to cool everything. to see. So, uh, you know, that's that's really cool. He's got a lot of a uh, lot of heart and charisma. You know, there's there's a lot of up and coming guys, man. Uh, Garrett Sharp is another one, man, that uh, he's he's probably one of my favorite training partners now. You know, he's still a. Still an amateur and everything, but dude, he's he's growing and coming a long way, and um, you know he helps me every day, and I like to think I help him too. But uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot. He's got a lot of potential. I like I like Kim, and he's got some charisma about him as well. You know, he's got a, a good look, and he can talk a little bit. So hopefully, he sticks with it. Jackson Donovan is another one I think that's a, a one of those young bucks that are you know just just still you know 18, 19 years old, and still uh, with a pretty good base underneath them already. Jackson was with PMAA when I started. Like he started right after me, I think. So he, I was uh. Let's see, I was like 15, and Jackson was probably 11. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. he's a young kid, and he was at KMAA, and uh, I mean, you can just see that, like, the, the, I mean, that kid's a savage. 
like uh, I mean, ruthless. Like he's on the feet, on the ground, everywhere he goes, he he can scrap. And uh, I mean, that's just from being around it for so long, you know. And growing up with it, it becomes like uh, I don't know, riding a bike, you know. <laughs> Get real good. Having the gym and coaches, you know, I always tell people I'm I could have ended up anywhere. I could have ended up at any of the gyms in Knoxville because you know I, when I first started, and uh, I was super fortunate to end up with Eric Turner and Joey Zonar and, you know, and, and be able to train with them. Cause you know, if, if I, if I met Josh Kate first, you know, I, I wouldn't have known any better. And I would have been probably training with him and where would yeah. I have been? Oh, probably nowhere. <laughs> you know, it's, well, it, it's, you never know just how people's uh, paths cross. And, and that's why, you know, it's, it's uh you know, you'll have guys, they'll come up through different avenues and, you know, they it's hard to really hold it against them it, it, when they just, you know, that was just it happened to be closer to their house. And they you know what I mean? And they just that's who they happened to go in there and check out. And, and they, you know, that's just how the chips fell for them. But then, you know, if they decide they want to get, you know, better and they they seek out those uh, those gyms that can help them get where they want to be. You know, I say, you know, props to them. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, that's another thing. If it wasn't for Rafael Oliveira, I would have never ended up at KMA. You know, he. Uh, uh, I don't know. I was telling telling uh, Fisher, I guess a couple weeks ago. I was like, you know, I checked them out when I first got interested in it, but it was the it was the website. It kind of threw me off. It was like looked like traditional karate or something like that. Uh-huh. I was like, ah, I'm good. I didn't realize that there was a bunch of killers in there with the best, <laughs> right. coaches, with the best coaches in the world. I was like, oh. When I find when uh, Hoffy finally sent me a message and was like, "Hey, I'm here now," and he was like, "Come, come train tonight," and I was like, "All right." And that's uh, you know, I slowly got to know Eric and Joey, and I was like, "Wow, like these guys are on another level with this stuff." And so, yeah, even more so than Hoffy. Hoffy tells me all the time, man. He's like, always listen to them. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> do what they say to do. It's like if I would have listened to them, I would, you know, I would have ran the, you know, ran his division. And that's the truth. I mean, Hoffy was a was a madman, but he just uh, he got in his head that he was a brawler, you know, <laughs> like yeah. like to bang it out. But I, I was I was definitely one of those fortunate people that uh, that ended up at KMA. So. Well, uh, gentlemen, it has been a uh, a great hour with you guys. I'm looking forward to doing it again next week. You guys, uh, thank you for your time. Stay safe and uh, try to get through this quarantine, uh, and hopefully things will re- resume back to normal, and we'll be talking about Valor cards and UFC cards and all that good shit. But uh, till next week, once again, from my co-host Justin Watson, my two uh, uh, guests this evening, Justin Fisher and Slit Nick Gertz, we will rendezvous again at the same time next week. This uh, is going to be it for this edition of the Valor Hour. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. Quick fix on Radio Influence. UFC Brasilia was a a very interesting scene. I want you to kind of compare it to fighting in the ultimate fighter house where obviously there's, you know, just production people around whatnot and now fighting empty arena. How do you compare and contrast fighting in those two scenes? Actually it was very similar, you know, and the ultimate fire was just, you know, the production, the, the staff from, from the GFC. And that's it. I mean, or my, my partners, my training partners, my team, the other team and my, my coaches. And that's it. And in Brasilia was, Almost, you know, pretty the same. 
those my coaches, the the staff, the production, and that's it. So it was very similar. It was a little bit weird the moment when you go to the octagon, but that when when the guy closed the door to the to the octagon was you know the same. Just so focused in just your formiga and so focused in the fight. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.